When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I invite you to come with me to a place that lives outside of the zone of twilight. Beyond nowhere in parts unknown. Past the outer limits. To a realm that all other dimensions cast their dark shadows upon. A realm even demons dare not name. A frightening domain known only as the Fearscape. Join me, Damien Deadman, as I share with you tales from the Fearscape, macabre stories of evil, darkness, paranoia, nightmares, and murder. Grab those blankets extra tight. Have your pound of flesh ready for passage to the Fearscape. <laughs> about the dangers of music, our first installment of the old-timey radio horror western serial, Jessup and Bullseye, a frightening ad from the devil himself, a true nightmare from author Lindsay Behe, and finally, a tale of love, death, and cannibalism. (laughs) Music can soothe us, it can bring us joy, yet other times it can sneak terror to us without even knowing it. This is my favorite kind of terror. Let us begin at a remote village in the Fearscape. Past the homes and through the dark woods to a tall and ancient castle that sits high above the clouds. Climbing high up the stone walls, we come to an open window to a large drawing room lit by candlelight. And there we see a coffin open. Count Dracula himself is found reading his favorite frightening song lyrics to his children of the night. Let's take a listen, shall we?
last time I freaked out, I just kept looking down. I still still stuttered when you asked me what I'm thinking about. Felt like I couldn't breathe. You asked, what's wrong with me? My best friend Frankie said, oh, he's just being Miley. Well, I will tell you what happened to me. What happened to my Transylvanian twist? The masters of horror are gone. I do not mean Karloff. <laughs> or those other impersonators. Karloff was a knobgoblin. The closest thing I've even heard of is Tyler Perry's diary of a mad black woman. I refer to the true masters. Demons that could frighten both keys off your butt like Edgar Allan Poe and Gloria Estefan. Oh, the terror she inspired. At night, when you turn off all the lights, there's no place that you can hide. Oh no, the rhythm is gonna get ya. In bed, throw the covers on your head. You pretend like you're dead, but I know it. The rhythm is going to get ya. The rhythm is going to get you. 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 May the dark forces on their hellish crusade keep her safe. And remember, my children of the night. Away, away. Away, away. Away, away. The Old West in the Fearscape was much like the Old West in all dimensions, full of violence and death, and weather that was always hotter than hell. Our story tonight is no different. In the Fearscape, there was an old-timey radio station of antiquity known as the Damn Good Radio Broadcasting network. All who listened were indeed damned. (laughs) One particular show was a 12-part western horror serial called Jessup and Bullseye. The tale of the ghostly miner. It brought action and terror all at once. I now present to you episode one The drink ripped from the damn good archives. Listen, if you dare. 
featuring Lasso's Ready, Cowboys and Girls, and Journey to the Heart of the Old West in the latest Sunday morning serial tale brought to you by the damn good radio broadcasting network, Jessup and Bullseye, the tale of the ghostly miner. A Western adventure brought to you in 12 parts. Episode 1 is probably brought to you in part by Butt Tonic Water. If your joint pain is chronic, get on butt and drink the tonic. We now present to you episode one, The Drink. It's past midnight. The desert air is chilly, and it's so dark out that your hand isn't visible in front of your face. But out in the mesa, out past Apache territory, is a small light coming up from the ground. Deep in this desert lies an old abandoned gold mine, one untouched for fifty years, but from this mine the light emanates. Way down inside are a group of bad men playing cards under a lantern. Got any twos? Not a one. You lying to me? You calling me a liar? Hey, amigos! It's just a game. The boss man will be here any minuto. Glad the boss didn't walk in on that. Walk in on what? Just some bad hombre nonsense, senor boss man. Hey, do you find a map? I did. We just need some dynamite and some shovels. What about the curse? There's just a bunch of hokey horns, Woggle, and that's the last I want to hear of it. But they say the old prospector that found this cave buried himself with the gold. And I said no more of it! But if you try to get his gold, there will be certain death. Any of you other yellow bellies scared of some fairy tale? No way, boss man! Good! Let's get to work! Stay away from my gold! Hey, caramba, what was that local voice? He was the wind. I don't hear no more of it. Now you two throw that body into the drink. We now make our way to the great desert town of Horseshoe. Inside of the dusty saloon, we find our heroes, Jessup and Bullseye, getting some drinks after a long day of cow wrestling and general cowboying. What do you boys have today? Give me a shot of your best swill in the whiskey variety. I'll have the same. (laughs) Now, Bullseye, you know you're too young for whiskey. Not until you get hair on your chest. Oh, gee whiz, Jessup. I swear I had a yellow one on there this just this morning. And I tell you, I'm mad enough. Now, Bullseye. Oh, shucks. Okay, you're the boss, Jessup. One sarsaparilla, light on the sass. Well, I'll be. If it isn't the famous Jessup Pike, I knew I'd find you here, you old son of a Turk. It looks like your ample young war bullseye is still sucking on your teeth. Oh, 
Oh, the nerve. Why, I'll shoot your eye out. There's a reason they call me Bullseye. Bullseye, stand down. Ain't no reason for anyone to get hurt. Now, decide, partner. <gasps> Two shots have been fired. When the gun smoke clears, will our hero survive the onslaught? Did this stranger do the dastardly deed of cold-blooded murder in the West? What about the men in the cave? Will the curse of gold minor haunt our villains? All will be revealed on the next episode of Jessup and Bullseye, The Traveling Gun. Jessup and Bullseye is brought to you in part by Butt Tonic Water, on the Damn Good Radio Broadcasting Network. Will Jessup survive? Let's hope not. (laughs) All will be revealed in our next episode of Tales from the Fearscape. Before we get to our final two stories, we have to pay the devil his due. Yes, Even the devil needs to be paid the rent. So tonight's episode is brought to you by one of his products, the Devil's Backyard Barbecue Pit. Stay tuned after the break for more tales of darkness and nightmares. Have you ever sat around a fire pit with your best buds and thought, man... I sure hope this fire never dies down. Well, let's all be honest. Eventually the fire will die, and so will your evening. We will not. Hi, my name is Luke Judas III, and I'm here to tell you about the revolutionary The only fire pit in the world that works off sin. (laughs) Fire dying down? Just commit a sin, and the fire will blaze right back up again. I know what you're thinking right now. Uh, Well, Mr. Judas, (laughs) isn't sinning bad? Well, my answer to you, young man, is that never stopped you before? He knows what really takes so long in the bathroom. The Devil's Fire Pit is great for birthdays, weddings, communions, divorce, and at one time, you and your cousin kiss. Oh, well, Mr. Judas, I mean, you have me sold, but it, I bet it's really expensive. <laughs> this weekend only, you can find the Devil's Backyard Fire Pit at these local hotspots for only 666 monthly payments of $6.66. The Big Four Bridge, Lowe's, Harbor Freight, Lowe's, Kroger, and did I mention Lowe's? And for the next 24 hours, we will throw in your first sin free, along with a nifty, gifty basket full of items to help you sin. Don't miss out! Devil's Backyard Fire Pit, not responsible for any deaths, maimings, or unexpected ritualistic sacrifices. Welcome back to your nightmare. I'm so glad you could rejoin me. Did you remember your blankets? You had better because you'll need to hold them tight for our final two tales this evening. How many of you have had good and wonderful dreams? Dreams of love and superpowers and travel. Well, in the fearscape, no one is happy to dream. Here, it's Denizen's Dread, 
the sleeping hours as only nightmares come at night. Nightmares so terrible that they can even manifest themselves into the waking world. Our nightmare tonight is one of true terror. A tale that is a true account of a nightmare that horror author Lindsay Behe once had. She wrote about it in her book, Paranormalish. And tonight, I share it with you here. Lying in bed. Floating in a limbo between dreams and full consciousness. I feel a weight added to the mattress. It's too heavy for either of my cats. I freeze. Now fully awake, not daring to open my eyes. I try to control my breathing so I don't betray my panic. Without a doubt, I hear my name whispered. It sounds like it came from right next to my ear. The hair stands on the back of my neck and goosebumps cover my skin. The weight shifts, moving closer at a creeping pace that still feels too fast. My heart is racing, and I'm certain it can hear each beat. I feel a frigid breeze through my blanket and clothes right before the searing pain of dozens of sharp knives pierce my arm. If these are teeth, they are unlike anything I have ever encountered. I cry out, unable to keep quiet anymore. I thrash backwards towards the pain with the entirety of my weight following through. I won't go down without a fight. I open my eyes as I turn, and I'm face to face with an old hag as I struggle. She has a crooked smile with blood, eye blood, dripping from her thin lips. Her eyes are a sickly yellow that seem to glow in the mostly dark room. To appear so little, she has strength. I'm pushing with every fiber of my being, and she's just laughing a silent laugh in my face. With one last rush of adrenaline, I yell and push her off of my bed, my own body following behind. As I hit the floor, she's gone. Shocked. I check my arm. There's blood on my shirt, but all that's left of the wound is a bad, but somehow healed scar. I'm alone. She tried to hold her blanket tight, but it just didn't seem to help. (laughs) Well, my dear friends, 
It seems that we have come to our last hell this evening. One that will make your bones shiver as the marrow itself fears its own demise. For our final story, we go to an uncharted place in the Fearscape, to an island of no inhabitants, but three lone souls that crashed a small plane onto it. We see the plane in the brush and maw, and just beyond we see a man writing in what looks like a journal of some kind. He seems desperate and hungry. What does he have to say in his diary of despair? You shall see in the final tale from the Fearscape Island Journal. August 12th. It's been six days since our tour plane crashed on this island somewhere in the Pacific, west of South America, I think. My wife Linda and I have survived, but our pilot Esteban did not. It is a shame. I liked Esteban. Linda and I have created a hut out of leaves, vines, and pieces of the wreckage. We have made a signal fire on the beach that we attend to every evening in hopes of rescue. So far, we have just made this whole circumstance feel like some reality TV show just to stay sane. I found empty logbooks of Esteban's and a pen, so I have decided to journal to pass the time. On the downside, our food is running out fast. I'll have to venture around the island to search for some fruit. But I'd better pack it in for the evening. Linda is giving me that randy look of sexual adventure. It's funny. I've had more sex with my wife on this island than I had in our first year of marriage. (laughs) This crash landing could be the best thing that has ever happened to me. August 13th. I awoke this morning thinking of Esteban. Oh, how I wish he were here. He was such a great tour guide. I would have made him my sidekick. Oh, the adventures we would have gone on together, like some Robinson Crusoe story. Dennis and Esteban, the quest for the golden monkey of... Wait, I haven't even named the island yet. I think that I shall call it Milk Dud. After my first and only dog, he ran away when I was young, became lost, just like me. So yes, I shall name it in honor of him. Dennis and Esteban, the quest for the golden monkey of Milk Dud Island. Good night, Milk Dud, wherever you are. August 18th. We found a fruit grove a few days ago with limited amounts of coconuts, bananas, and some fruit I've not seen. There's not much, should last us a month or more. This fruit is the only food we have left, though, so I attempted to fish today. All I had were my bare hands, and not only did I manage to cut my fingers on fish gills, but I was stung by a jellyfish. So I looked around for help and realized only I was here to urinate on my own hand, so I did. Back at the hut, Linda did nothing but bitch and moan. She said Milk Dud was a ridiculous name for an island, and that smelling like we did not equal a sympathy snog. God, if only Esteban was still here. Why did my friend have to die? 
Because today, we could have gone on another adventure. I would have called it Dennis and Esteban. The quest to shut the evil bitch of Milkdud Island up. <laughs> Maybe I'll go visit him tomorrow at the crash site. August 19th. Esteban. Why are you dead? As I sit here next to your decaying, lifeless body in the cockpit, I ask why. I also ask why do you have to smell so bad like a mouse found in a rubbish bin? Do not be mad at me, Esteban. I know how you pride yourself on being clean, but your odor is overwhelming. You know, I look at you, Esteban, and I imagine Linda in your place. Dead, smelly, and not bitching. You know, today Linda said to me that you were a thief. That you must have stolen her precious pearl earrings back at the hotel. Why? Why must she lash at the dead with her lies? Oh, if fate had taken her instead of you, Esteban, the adventures we would go on. Dennis and Esteban, the quest for the Temple of the Mountain. Dennis and Esteban, the quest to catch fish with our bare hands. And Dennis and Esteban... The quest to make shapes in the clouds. Well, I have to go now, Esteban. But in parting, I do hope you like these pearl earrings I got for you. September 20th. I left Linda, or rather, she kicked me out today. So I have moved into the cargo hold of Esteban's plane. It was getting tiresome climbing up to the cockpit for chats, so last week I moved him down here with me. He is the only one who understands me and is by far the best listener I have ever met, single-handedly. Sometimes, sometimes I call him Dr. Esteban. And we improvise therapy sessions together. Like today, he told me that he thought that Linda has always been holding me back. So we called today's session Dennis and Dr. Esteban, the quest for perfect understanding. Tomorrow I shall strap Esteban on my back to go on a great adventure. The tree that looks like a donkey sorceress shall be investigated. September 25th. Esteban and I built a fort out of parachutes today. Oh, what fun it was. I pretended to be a great naval commander, and he was the spicy pirate from the South American seas. My tent was pitched, and Captain Esteban showed no mercy when it came to pillaging my booty. In the epic battle, all of my seamen were lost. What a great and fantastic day. Oh, I feel like a child again. I've not played this much in ages. September 26th. I ran into Linda today in the fruit grove. First time in a month. She told me she missed me. And I guess, in a way, I miss her too. I miss the one thing that Esteban cannot give me. The clam of a woman. I told Esteban I was moving back in with her and he seemed very upset. But I told him I would visit him every day. Tonight, however, begins a new adventure. Dennis and Linda, the quest to shock the velvet clam of Milk Dot Island. October 10th. The fruit trees haven't had new fruit in a while, and our fruit supply has been gone for days. 
On another note, it has been two weeks back with Linda, and I am losing my mind. I still find myself with Esteban four to five times a day. Linda does not know where I go. And she, Linda, is getting on my last nerve. You know, today she called me the idiot of Milk Dud Island, so I called her Chubby Twat. She smacked me, and I threw sand in her eyes and ran as fast as I could to Esteban's cargo hold and promptly moved back in. Esteban was pleased. He sang Edelweiss to me until I fell asleep. I love that song. October 13th. I am so hungry. I have not eaten anything but bugs and toenails for days. If I don't eat, I am going to die. I tried fishing again today, but to no avail. I am just too weak. October 14th. I accidentally ate Linda today. Not all of her, but a good bit. She broke into the cargo hold and found me with Esteban. She called me sick and deranged. She saw Esteban hanging on the wall and threw up all over him. How could she? And how could I not react? Esteban prides himself on being clean, and she defiled him with her filth, so I clubbed her over the head with a broken propeller. She was dead. Finally, she has taken Esteban's place. But then, something odd happened later. When I carried Linda's body to the signal fire to burn her like some Nordic whore, I fainted, and I dropped her. When I awoke, my tummy was full, and I had grease and meat smeared on my lips. I looked over to where Linda was and saw she was burnt and had bite marks all over her body. And then I saw Esteban. He was next to her, with grease and meat on his face as well. How the hell did he get here? And what happened to Linda, I thought. And then I thought of how happy my belly was and how energetic I felt. I must have, in a hunger-derived state, cooked Linda and then ate her, or... Oh, no. No, I I mustn't think that Esteban would be capable of such a thing. No, no, no. I I must remember the blessing I have been bestowed with. Food. Linda, yes, Linda has finally found her usefulness. (laughs) Oh, Oh, for a cup of tea to wash it all down with. I shall call today with utter happiness and satisfaction, Dennis and Esteban, the quest for the marital buffet. October 24th. I put Esteban in Linda's dress today. His clothes smelled like old steak. It was time for a change, and Linda's dress was all I had. But he's changed. Even with all the food we've gotten and eaten... He's still skinny. We've eaten Linda stew, barbecued Linda, Linda kebabs, roasted Linda, and even Linda with a side of Linda. But 
Sadly, we are running low. All we have left now is just some Linda jerky, and we'll see how long that even lasts. But... <laughs> he does look radiant in that dress, though. Likes the queen of some mad ball. Oh, how I have felt like the czar of Milkdud Island lately, and Esteban like a shining knight, or my grand vizier. Yes, yes, Dennis and Esteban. The quest of Tsar Dennis and his trusted old wizard, Esteberlin. Oh, the adventures we have been on lately. But what of our food supply? What will happen to my mighty kingdom when it is gone? Oh, thinking about it only makes me hungry. I think I shall, you know, go chew on Linda for a while. October 29th. Esteban is acting irrationally. I cannot stand his jealousy. He is so jealous of Clamshell. <laughs> he didn't want to do anything yesterday. Said he had a headache. So, I went off on my own to find adventure or food, whichever came first. I called it Dennis, the quest for the edible unicorn. But I found no unicorn, no. I found Clamshell. She was lying there on the beach, so scared, so alone, and so empty inside, that I, I had to rescue her, give her a reason to go on. But why? Why must Esteban hate her? You know, I saw him become the green-eyed monster today. He even called her Linda Shell today. But if he would just talk to her, he would see how wonderful she is and how many adventures we could all go on together. Dennis, Esteban, and Clamshell, the quest for the stargazer of Atlantis. Dennis, Esteban, and Clamshell, the quest to recreate the pilot episode of Three's Company. You know, Esteban called her a whore, and that she could go shock herself. I must try to convince him. October 31st. I awoke this morning to find the broken pieces of clamshell arranged in a mosaic of a broken heart. I know it was Esteban. I am scared for my life. He has been so maniacal lately. Between killing Linda and Clamshell, I don't know what to do with him. He keeps asking me if I like certain movies. Movies like Misery, Fear, Fatal Attraction, Swim Fan, and others. I am so frightened. But I am too weakened by hunger to move far. I'm afraid that if Esteban doesn't kill me, the hunger will. It is ironic that it is Halloween today. I feel like some tragic vixen in a slasher film. Maybe like Faye Ray, I will just offer myself to Esteban in hopes of love ruling over hate. I'm going to take him down from the wall now and just hope for the best. Parting is... Such sweet sorrow. <laughs> Shakespeare, 
You have no idea how right you are. Seems that one last adventure is in sight. Dennis and Esteban. The quest for the afterlife. Well, wasn't that a delicious tale? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm hungry for more. However, our time has run out in the fearscape. But do not fret, my ghoulish friends. I shall bring you along with me again. So in the meantime, hold those blankets extra tight and have your devilish passport ready to be stamped in blood next time on Tales from the Fearscape. <laughs> Tales from the Fearscape is a podcast produced and edited by Stefan Gearhart and the Fearscape Media Network. Damian Deadman is played by Josh Rutledge. The Count was written and performed by Santosh David. Special effects and sound editing by Briar Hag. Jessup and Bullseye is a damn good production, written and produced by Stefan Gearhart. Sound effects and editing by Rocky Williams. Jessup and two henchmen were played by Stefan Gearhart. Bullseye, Henchman, and the Ghost were played by Parker Bowles. The narrator, the boss man, and Dance and Dan were played by Rocky Williams. The Devil's Backyard Barbecue Pit was written by Brad McQuarrie, and sound effects and editing by Stefan Gearhart. The announcer was played by Brad McQuarrie. Nightmare was written by Lindsay Behe from her book Paranormalish, available on Amazon. The story was read by Stefan Gearhart, all special effects and editing by Stefan Gearhart. Island Journal was written, produced, and performed by Stefan Gearhart. Sound effects and editing by Briar Hag. Tales from the Fearscape is a Fearscape Media LLC production and part of the Fearscape Media Network. For more information, visit fearscapemedia.com. And remember, please like, share, and review all Fearscape Media Network podcasts wherever you listen. Stay spooky.